it on? Yeah. Is it working? Flip that power switch. <laughs> really save the day. Excellent. Thank God you're here. <laughs> IT master. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I turned the mixer on. Ah, Bow man. before me. It boggles the mind. All right. Uh, fucking, should we do it? Yeah, of course. Invasion USA. Chuck yeah. the God. Chuck the God. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, forgot man. how much I enjoyed his movies, you know. Well, sh- should we introduce ourselves or what we're doing? <laughs> uh, sure. Yes, I'm sorry. Please, please. Uh, uh, well, Go. Uh, no, do it. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, this is our <laughs> second episode, I guess. Of, yes. Of uh, of our other show. Um. Which we were calling Review Vomit when we did Joker. but we, Yeah, we, but that we, was a terrible name. I'm sorry I thought of it. A much we, better name has come to light. Yeah, we've, uh, we should introduce ourselves because it'll Go make ahead. more sense. You first. Well, I, I'm Chris Pfaff. The mastermind behind Horror Vomit. Duh. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful podcast. Come on, dude. All right, introduce yourself. My name is Brad Havens, and um, I am an independent content creator and massive movie fan. And uh, God bless Chris, he puts up with a lot of my ranting during the movie. So we've decided to not go under the name of Review Vomit, but right. as Havens and Faf Videos. Right. Or HPV. HPV. For short. Brilliant. Yes. Absolutely brilliant. So we'll have t-shirts and coffee cups coming soon. Yes. And um, more conversations about movies just like this one. Yep. Uh, Which was what one again, Chris? We're, we're talking about the 1986 Chuck Norris smash hit, Invasion USA. Yes. The action, action-filled masterpiece. Holy shit, is it? <laughs> oh, man. It's a great example not only of... Uh, Chuck Norris movies, but um, like Chuck Norris at his absolute peak, but also you know the beauty and simplicity of the politics of the '80s movies, where it didn't matter. You know, Chuck was the good guy. Anybody he scowled at was the bad guy, and uh, you know, maybe some kids got saved or maybe they didn't, but. So, this is the second Chuck Norris film that you and I have watched together. Yes. We've been we've yeah. been on a real Chuck Norris kick. Oh, dude, I was shocked when uh, the first movie was miss, missing in action. Yep. Yeah, I was shocked that Chuck Norris is actually the bad guy in that movie. <laughs> By contemporary oh. political standards. <laughs> oh, man, is he. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, all of these bad guys who we naturally had, obviously, according to the politics of the time, these people were terrible, mean people. They had bad uniforms and different, you know, colored skin, shall we say. They spoke a different language, <laughs> let's put it that way. That was enough. It was a... Uh... Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know what missing in action is, that is Chuck Norris saving imprisoned Vietnam veterans. Chuck Norris fights the Vietnamese army. (laughs) Yep. And causes an international incident. (laughs) Immediately. Immediately. He is there in official capacity to, like, make up with the Vietnamese government and just mad dogs all of them. Man, the best part is he gets off the plane 
and the Vietnamese diplomat is there, puts out his hand, very nice to meet you, and Chuck just stares him down. He won't <laughs> shake his hand. And everybody's like, oh my God, you're so embarrassing. <laughs> Right? Yeah. But Chuck's like, I'm the man. Because yeah, even like the press secretary is just like, hey, what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think you were doing in there? Well, you know, much like Invasion USA, he doesn't say a whole lot. You know? He nope. just kind of stares in this particular light and uh, either changes his shirt or wears a, uh, a particular kind of vest so that his, his chest can glisten. <laughs> along with his hair <laughs> I, I have to bring this up because it's going to eat away at me if I don't oh, I, I have to say my favorite part though of Invasion USA is mm. the first guy that he encounters on his stealth mission he just runs up and kicks him in the balls from behind <laughs> I don't know why but my god yeah, <laughs> that was just in- incredible excellent excellent but yeah. uh, I, I'd See, be hard pressed martial to- arts technique <laughs> that be- you saw Hard-pressed to nail down a moment, a single moment in this film that made me go, holy shit, and not because there weren't any, but because there are so many. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that's one of the things that um, that uh, makes me love these movies is because it was before the, uh, you know, the digital graphic effects, before screen, green screens and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. if they were going to... Uh, fire a rocket into a house and make it blow up well you had to blow up a house somehow you had to make it look like you were firing a rocket if you weren't actually going to fire a rocket and truth be told you wouldn't want to actually fire a rocket because the explosion that you want for the cameras is actually a lot bigger than what you would get from those rockets so you you'd want you know you got to juice it up and uh, (laughs) I mean those fireballs are real I fucking love Hell it. yeah. You crash cars, you're really crashing cars. Uh-huh. You know? And, like, the first 30 minutes of Invasion USA is character setup that I don't think they needed whatsoever. Oh, they no, just dude. just right you, in the no. middle of that story. You needed the depth. You needed the story arcs so that you had... An emotional connection to All right. Chuck and his will, stoic, no lines throughout the movie face. <laughs> I will. All right, I will hand it to you that if they had skipped the initial like 20, 30 minutes, we would not have gotten the intro shot, mm-hmm. which is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. Chuck Norris with an open vest, just cruising around in the Everglades on a fan boat. Oh my God! I mean, man, just glistening in the sun as, like a fucking cherub. As a man myself, I felt attracted to him. I have to say, and I'm not typically attracted to men, but my God, he was so beautiful. <laughs> if if it if that doesn't make it wiggle a little, yeah, there's something uh-huh. wrong with you. Yes, you have no soul. You you have no ability to recognize beauty in its purest form. Gender is not a part of it. it is it is simply the exquisite Adonis like <laughs> You he know. is a sculpture. <laughs> he is a living <laughs> living piece of art. Yes, he is a like a Greek god <laughs> perched upon his heavenly fan boat <laughs> just glistening in and the dude, sun. That it's a fan boat going over the Everglades. 
Oh my god, that's so Which leads awesome. into him wrestling alligators. Wrestling alligators. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Oh god, that was it's so, so lovely. It's so good. And he just, he wrestles, don't forget, he wrestles the alligator and the Indian, who was not really a Native American, excellent eye. Man, so I was so embarrassed should, when the credits should, roll. We should explain that, because nobody knows what we're talking okay, about. Okay, but that, that self-same sort of uh, uh, confused, uh, well, we'll get into that, but that guy admonishes Chuck for not handling the alligator right, and he's like, next time I'll just do it myself, right? Which is brilliant, because it's you could almost tell that he was genuinely an alligator wrangler, and he was upset that this celebrity star thought he could do something by, like, holding the mouth closed and getting all of these beauty shots of, like... Yeah. <laughs> Chuck Norris didn't ask him if he could do any of that. He probably oh, no. just did it. He just went in and was like, well, I can't front kick the alligator, so let's see. I can grab his mouth. Grr. Oh, man. And the alligator wrangler is like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> there is... Cameras are rolling. Play along. There, I, I don't know how to word this better than to say that there is such a satisfying amount of kicking in this movie. Oh, dude. Yeah. The Rostov, <laughs> the climactic fight where Rostov goes bouncing over four or five cubicle desks, getting <laughs> kicked in the chest, kicked in the face, kicked in the chest again, kicked in the face again. I mean... Chuck doesn't say anything to him the whole time. He just knocks him around. Not a word. Oh, God, it's so beautiful. Or, or the interrogation scene where he kicks the gargoyle-looking dude in the chest. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where? Where is he? Where's Rostov? Because his his tone of voice never changes. He's always like the weird, soft-spoken badass. Well, you know, this is the interesting thing is that... Uh, I mean, uh, I, I don't know how interesting it is, but it does seem that there was an acting technique for a little while where, you know, the, the tough guy has to talk like this and can't really show a lot of emotions because he's a tough guy. Right? Yeah, that's Batman. You know? That's straight up Batman. <laughs> well, you know, it was a lot of these guys. They would growl and that sort of thing. So they weren't just beefcake. A lot of these guys, to, to make you believe that they were actually tougher than they were, would do like this growly voice. and Right? That yeah. kind of stuff. And that's kind of what Chuck is doing there with all of that. Oh, man. I mean, to like, me. Like you know. Bruce Willis in The Last Boy Scout. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, exactly. The most gristled anyone has ever been on film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't care for it so much as a as a character thing, but it it does still have bits in it that that I liked. But uh so Invasion USA back but, to the the but movie Chuck at hand. But Chuck doesn't really do like the gravelly voice. He always just kind of has a low, calm voice. Mm. You're beginning to irritate me. You're beginning to irritate me. <laughs> Well, <clears throat> I think he, in his regular speaking voice, could be a bit nasally. So the less he said, the better. And um, the more he was, like, soft-spoken, again, you know, the more you're soft-spoken, the more you look like a tough guy. Yeah. Or sound like a tough guy. People think you're a tough guy. You have to lean in. What did he say? And then when you lean in, he front kicks you in the face. So, 
I was just looking at the notes that I wrote down because I, yeah. I didn't take real stringent notes. I love that you there's, took notes, though. There's, there are multiple times where characters are intentionally shot in the genitals. <laughs> yeah, what was that about? There's like, Early on, there's this I one counted, bad guy. I counted at least two times where yeah. balls are specifically shot. Yeah, they pull out the gun... The one time he actually pulls the guy's belt open and shoots down his yeah, pants. He shoves his gun in the dude's You're like, pants. That is the worst punishment I have seen in in a movie. Oh, and that's after he bashes the chick's face on her coke straw. Oh, dude. That that was pretty shocking because that had to have fucking hurt. I mean, obviously he didn't really do it, but you know, it's it's Chris Nolan had to have seen it and stole it, like you said. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's the stole uh, it for the Joker kill. Yeah, it's the setup for the Joker scene. Yeah, with I the can pencil. make this pencil disappear. Ta-da! Yeah, no, like this. It was the same thing, only with a coke straw. Yeah, this lady's just doing blow out of like a three-inch like brass tube. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> Which was the fashion at the time, so I'm told. Yeah, and he just smashes her head on the table. Yeah. And then shoves his gun in the guy's pants and shoots him right in the dick. <laughs> wow. I mean, so, yeah. So there's this odd sort of, uh, you know, obsession that this bad guy has with shooting people in the. <laughs> in the in yeah, the crotch. right in the dick. Yeah. But somehow he never takes aim at Chuck's crotch when they match up to fight. You well, know? I mean, by that time think, he's using the M16 with well, the uh, and I think grenade he launcher. knows that no projectile that you fire at Chuck could Norris's hit penis, Chuck's dick. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it will deflect all <laughs> incoming damage, regardless of magnitude. Yeah, because he's a black belt. Don't forget, if the dick is in danger, the body will engage its protective. I don't know where I'm. I lost it. <laughs> I tried. Yeah. <laughs> it was a natural instinctual from his training defense against bullet strikes to the groin. Yeah. He just sucks him up and then front kicks him. There's a front p- kicks the bad guy. There's a pointless jump scare in this movie too. <laughs> hey, it worked on me, so don't say it was pointless. I was sitting there admiring how the room looked, the decor, is there just walking through room after room after room and yeah, you're it's like when oh, the, okay when the government guy shows up at chuck norris's like shack yeah. out in the middle yeah. of the everglades the government spook who truly looked spooky i mean pale pale white big ugly eyes that was a weird looking dude yeah, he was a real cracker ass motherfucker <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He sneaks into Chuck Norris's house and Chuck Norris is wearing like almost a fluorescently white shirt. Well, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I would also like to point out the uh the uh Chuck Norris um what would you say? Uh trope, artifice, device that you see in the movies where he's connected to government types. 
seedy <laughs> underground types. Yeah. If he wants to get some sort of something, he just happens to go to a guy and then stare at them and tell them, he, do it. He always it seems to know a dude who's hanging out in like yes. the skeeziest place in town yeah. to get him illegal weapons. And somehow, whoever the person is owes him a favor. Uh-huh. Because know. of something they did in South America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Remember, I saved your life that time. Yeah. Oh my God, again, you're bringing this up. Okay. <laughs> I know it's not Invasion USA, but yeah, in <laughs> Missing in Action, he gets an attack raft. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. he gets it by pointing the gun on the raft at the guy Yeah, and saying, no, $20,000 is too expensive. Yeah, he holds his arms dealer at you, gunpoint. Yeah, I'll give you 5000 for it. 5000 What the? Oh, what are you doing with that gun? Why, Braddock, Braddock, what are you doing with that gun? Oh, he's crazy. He'll do it. And in this one, he has to drive through the seedy part of town. And you can tell it's bad because there's a black dude playing a saxophone on the side of the road. Yeah, and there's women in scanty clothes having a little cat fight on the sidewalk. God bless them. And then further down the road, bikers attack his truck. Yeah, what was that about? They literally just come out in chains, lead pipe, just start beating the shit out of his truck. And his expression changes through none of this. Yeah, does not at change all. at all. He literally just stares like, huh. Blank face. That's peculiar. <laughs> oh, that's odd. Women beating each other on the side of the road. <laughs> now men with chains beating the shit out of my truck. My windshield's cracked. Huh. I might have to do something about that later. Hmm. Am I hungry now? <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, the and dude... He just pulls up at a skeezy bar, assaults the doorman. <laughs> See, but, you know, the interesting thing to me about this is is this is like uh, a demonstration of sociopathic behavior because they're not engaging, they're not understanding how to, they're not connected to their emotions at all, right? Yeah. And then they're just simply seeing how to manipulate these scene, these... Uh, moments, these scenarios of, uh, you know, trying to achieve what is supposed to be presented as a heroic goal, this applies to Missing in Action as well as in Invasion USA, yes. right? It's seen as any actions that he takes are justified because yeah. America. Yeah, well, because his ultimate goal is defending the same ideologies that these poor innocent civilians who are having their houses blown up by these crazy radicals and all of this sort of stuff. So he's entirely justified to put twin Mac-10 shoulder rig on and go and shoot up some terrorists and maybe blow up some buildings and crash some cars and throw some grenades. And destroy an entire mall. God bless America. <laughs> you know... <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the terrorist Rostov, the the lead henchman. Oh uh, yeah. Uh-huh. He is the the crux of this entire plan. This mm-hmm. this plan that we're never given any indication as to what their main goals yeah, are. Yeah. You want to talk about a MacGuffin? What is this plan that they're supposed to execute against the United States with this invasion? Because it is a multinational team. Yeah. There are people of all ethnicities fighting alongside each other to invade this, I would say, it's in Miami, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they literally had landing vehicles with 
soldiers, dozens of soldiers in each landing vehicle, pull up to the beach, unload these soldiers, and these soldiers are maneuvering around the state for for no recognized goal. Yeah. The Uh goal becomes to... Fulfill Rostov's revenge fetish for... And to kick all this off, he decides to take a rocket launcher, which (laughs) rocket launchers are delightfully Uh littered throughout this film. Yeah. Well, keep going, keep going, keep going. He decides to take this rocket launcher and he blows up an entire fucking block. Mm -hmm. It is is incredible there is a fat lady that falls out of her car well you know (laughs) and this is another uh example of hollywood not knowing the weapons that they're dealing with because that that particular type of bazooka it's a it's a laws rocket and uh, effectively it was designed that you had the rocket loaded in you took your shot, you dropped it, you pick up another one, you know, and shot it again. I don't know uh, what the reload rate is on a Laws rocket, right? But typically with bazookas, to expedite a reload, you'd have two people doing it. And he had a second guy with him, but the second guy just kind of... I was huddled in the yeah back or in yeah in the back watching corner of this as truck this bed. guy somehow had multi shot <laughs> laws rocket like a fucking video game where he blows up at least what six yeah houses at minimum I didn't yeah. count uh-huh. yeah at least yeah. six homes with people in them like with we're, people we're showing in them. children playing in the street beforehand yeah the first house he blows up is one that we see a whole family oh. Yeah, hi, Daddy. Are we? You know, uh-huh. they play, and it's it's the wife, the husband, the son, and the daughter. So it's your typical nuclear family. Your That's the word. White Anglo family. Exactly. Just minding their own business. They're the first and ones Rostov, who go down. And Rostov has the balls to say they've made it so easy, or something to yeah. that effect. Yeah, they make it so easy. Like, living a civilian (laughs) life is a terrible thing, you know, trying to have some modicum of comfort, you know, is awful. And that's, I think, the point where this movie really takes off, because we're essentially giving Chuck license to do whatever. Oh, yeah. Because the stakes have risen so high that this crazed maniac is blowing up innocent people in their homes. Well, clearly he must be stopped by any means. And so uh, he becomes, like, Chuck becomes obsessed with revenge against Rostov, like Rostov is obsessed with him. So it's really, you know, kind of romantic, if you think about it. Because, we haven't mentioned, Mm. Chuck had the chance to kill Rostov. And let him go free. I should have killed you when I had the chance. No, wait, actually, the line is, you should have let me kill him when I had the chance. And they're like, well, it's too late now. He's doing this. He's and, free. And Rostov is so obsessed with Hunter, Chuck mm-hmm. Norris's character, Hunter. that he is having nightmares yeah. about him. Oh, dude, it's so beautiful. He's having nightmares of being kicked in the face by Chuck Norris. 
And in their confrontation, the first thing Chuck does is kick him in the face four times. <laughs> yes. It's fucking awesome. It's, it's so... It's I mean, talk poetry. about... Yeah. What is that, uh, you know, when your dream... It's a prescient dream when you see the future in your dream, yes. right? He's actually recognizing this is how... This is the first stage of how Chuck is going to beat the shit out of me in our final boss fight. <laughs> this, this will be my downfall. Yeah, uh-huh. Watch the, out for the kick in the, the face. It's the leg of justice. There's no stopping the kick to the chest. You're no. getting the ch- you're getting the kick. Yeah. All right. So they blow up the block and again, the very <laughs> the very next sequence <laughs> yeah, is Chuck going in to uh interrogate the dude that I don't know what he does. I don't know what purpose he serves in the movie but he's somehow friends with rostov <laughs> excuse me you mean the guy that he stabs the knife yeah the dude in the stabs in the hand with the knife <laughs> yeah the dude in the like shabby ass white suit <coughs> where to look- is he yeah <laughs> yeah uh-huh. yeah he's like a weapon supplier or something like that yeah so Chuck breaks it, or not breaks it, yeah, pretty much breaks into his hotel room. Oh, absolutely sta- breaks into his hotel room. Stabs him in the hand and yep. calmly proceeds to ask, where's Rostov? He doesn't just stab <laughs> him in the hand. He does it in front of, like, there's there's like some girl that that this guy is schmoozing, right? Yeah. And then he, he just sets his hand on the table and Chuck goes, whack it, and stabs him, <laughs> right? And the girl is like, oh, my God. And he's like, you can leave. And she goes, ah, and runs out of there. And she runs out of there with a better attitude, as I recall. Like, (laughs) oh, man, this guy is such a loser getting stabbed by Chuck Norris. You know, I I wish they would have just done a Clarence Boddicker. (laughs) Bitches leave. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that is one of the all time best bad guy cinema lines. (laughs) Seriously, when he's got Miguel Ferrer trapped like that, you know, he just comes in and shot him twice in the knees, and the women are all freaked out. He's like, get out. And they're just, boom. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great bad guy line. Robocop is the best. It is. It is. But I'm going to be very honest the one that everybody loves, the first Robocop, not my favorite. Yeah, what's your favorite? Three. Three, then two, then the is original Is that them Robocop. riding in the van? <laughs> yeah. Robocop 3 yeah, is yeah, them. Yeah, the, the one where he gets the jetpack. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. And at the end, he heroically cripples the bad guy by burning his legs <laughs> with the jetpack to still let an entire skyscraper explode. Oh, man. He saves, I like, need two to see people. It again. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> He fights a ninja robot. Dude, that's just Shoots like... Shoots him in the face with a grenade. Dig it. It rules. Dig it. Anyway. Oh, I'll have to see that. I'll have to see it. Yep. If yeah. I did see it... See, I vaguely remember, um, you know, trying to catch up with the RoboCop sequels, but I also remember um, uh, not being in the frame of mind to remember them after I watched them. Yeah. You know. Tom Noonan's the, in the second one. In the second one where they get RoboCop addicted to drugs. Oh. It's fucking wild. Now, the second one, that's the one that Frank Miller actually uh, wrote, directed. Is that right? Or is it's that fucking, the third one? I don't know. No, uh, because uh, uh, Shane Black is in uh, RoboCop 3. It was directed by Fred Decker. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, so I think... The guy that did uh, Monster Squad. Oh, dig it. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. 
But anyway, yeah, in this interrogation, yeah, he kicks this just enormous Cuban beefcake in the chest. Yeah. Scares yeah. the shit out of the, like, wiry Cuban dude. And then produces a grenade from nowhere. Yep. Yep. Just drops a grenade. Or no, ties it to the guy's hand. See, this is the thing that... Okay, there are so many random acts of weirdness in this whole movie that I kind of have to reassemble the scenes. Because he stabs the guy. The girl runs off to get the, uh, to get the help, right? Yeah. The scrawny guy and the beefcake show up. Because the scrawny guy was out... Uh, waxing his car. Waxing his car because that was the setup for the scene. With, with the right? again, like I said, one of my favorite characters in the whole film is the beefcake guy that just is standing there being Says muscly, nothing. watching him, watching the other dude wax the car. Yep. And what does Chuck do? Kicks, Kicks him, him in the chest. Right the chest. <laughs> and knocks him down. And if you watch it in the background, it's like watching a turtle try and get up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like he's he's just... kind of stuck on the ground for a minute. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah. yeah, he pulls a fucking grenade out, pulls the pin, puts it in the, like... In the guy's hand. Yeah, in the guy with his hand stabbed to the table and said, if you live through this, tell Rostov it's time to die. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then he tells Rostov the... Oh, and then he tosses the grenade out the window and blows up the car. Well, the guy... The guy... Even though his hand is stabbed to the table, is able to keep his senses enough to say, there's an open window, let me get rid of this grenade. <laughs> right? Instead of just freaking out in fear and maybe dropping the grenade or forgetting that there's an open... The guy actually... So I give him credit for that. Right? Yeah. And then you get the punchline that the grenade gets into the car that scrawny guy had been waxing so... So diligently. So diligently. So much love and affection. He was affection. really getting after it. Yeah, fuck that car. Grenade. It's probably, Boom! It's probably named like Lucille or something. Oh, yeah. You know he named it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Amaranth after my mother. You know, or something like that. Right? Sure. You know. Sure, man. <laughs> Adelaide. But that's the, then that leads Miranda. into our second ball shot is because he goes off and tells Rostov he's he Hunter said it's time to die and then emphasizes it by yeah. spitting into his face spits in his face so Rostov literally pulls out a gun from did Rostov has it have it or take yeah. it from the bodyguard that I think was it was there. just like in his waistband so he pulls it out shoots him in the ball like four times and. In between shots, he spits in the guy's face as the guy is going down. So they spit on each other, which, you know, again, was really a romantic gesture that you see in this movie between two men. It's delightful. You know. International so. sex icon Rostov. <laughs> so Rostov kills that guy by shooting him in the balls. Yeah. And, um... And we have even more reason to hate him because what kind of despicable bastard would kill a man by shooting him in the balls? <laughs> but what kind of despicable bastard, Brad, hmm. would attack a mall at Christmas time? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was mortified to my foundations as an American. Shaken to the core. As a patriot to see Santa... Dismantled Defiled by, by, by these vehicles. Disgusting. With absolutely no respect for tradition or Christmas or shopping or the U.S. economy. 
You know what? We shouldn't have to give in our way of life because of these motherfuckers yeah. coming over here thinking they can just do whatever they want. So you know what? You know what Chuck's going to do? He's going to pull gonna, out twin mag He's going to drive his goddamn truck through the front doors of the mall. He's going to do exactly the same thing these fucking terrorists are doing and drive through the mall and cause massive property damage. Massive property damage. Terrorizing civilians who were just trying to shop and get last minute Christmas presents for Timmy. You know. No, no. Fuck Timmy Fuck. at Christmas time. We forgot to explain we have a terrorist how the mall event. came about. Because the skinny man that was previously in a banana hammock poolside <laughs> yeah. drops right. his bag and a fellow civilian chases him down trying to return his merchandise. Right. Uh-huh. An absolute while, steal. While from. this man is being pursued by police, <laughs> he is still trailing behind. Mister, you forgot your bags. Hey, mister. <laughs> mister, your bag. Mister, hey. It shows the good, honest nature of good, hard-working Americans. You know what's funny? It just occurred to me they did not give him the line, I don't understand why he's not paying attention. This is so strange. Hey, mister. Is he... Is he deaf? I don't know sign language, but is there some other way I can... Oh, there's a policeman. I'll just follow the policeman. What is happening right now? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm doing the inner monologue of that character oh. going, Hey, mister, hey, mister, hey, mister. You All know? right, sure. <laughs> so I'm just saying there were other opportunities for dialogue they could have used in addition to, Hey, mister, to add some depth and clarity to his character and his intentions. <laughs> so... After firing wildly and dismantling several of the terrorists... Yes, God bless them. A few of them steal the show truck. The truck in the mall for like the... the they hotwire it. Yep. They have it's, a guy with glasses. Yep, it's and like because he has glasses, for, he like, naturally knows how to hotwire trucks. Yeah, it's like the prize for a raffle or something in the mall. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so they hotwire this uh, very clearly noted Nissan truck... Yes, product placement, well done. I and mean, in the 80s, they were pioneering everything, dude. And they charge at Chuck Norris. <laughs> now, any ordinary man would just jump out of the way and save himself. But right, no. they'd do a diving roll. No, 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 sir. Mm -hmm. Chuck Norris <laughs> clings to the side of this he rampaging jumps, truck. <laughs> deliberately jumps towards the passenger side. Because remember, this is such a such a, a high tech, specialized, cool uh, truck that it's got uh, rails. Yes. On it, so he actually has something to stand on on yes. the side. He's got a good foothold, but he is being—that's the word. He's got a foothold. He is being slammed into pillars as they are just yes. rampaging like a bull through a china shop. And not just pillars, Christmas displays. Christmas houses and lights are exploding. Candy canes are just getting smashed against his back. It's terrible for our prestige and culture and holiday. And if you pay attention, you'll notice... These fucking terrorists. He doesn't <laughs> do anything? He just grabs onto the truck yeah, and rides? Uh -huh. Well, his face does change expression a little bit because he grits his teeth <laughs> while this stuff is happening. He uh, goes... Argh! 
Yes. He doesn't even make that sound, though. I mean, that that was my emphasis. It's only his face that kind of changes expression a little bit. So after they finally make it outside, <laughs> he heroically jumps from the moving truck as uh-huh. they slam into another stationary car, fire wildly <laughs> at security. Oh, and this is yeah, right at the immediately. time. Immediately, this is right about the time that the reporter shows up. <laughs> yes, in her convertible car, which yep. is easy to jump into and steal, mm-hmm. which is what Chuck tries to do. <laughs> it, it does immediately, in fact. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And she says, "Oh wait, no, you don't, Mister." And she hops in the back seat with her Nikon camera, saying, "I'm a reporter, and I'm gonna chase this story with you, you mad patriot." patriotic hero with your glistening beard you sex vortex you but meanwhile i will allow you to drive my car without concern these sons of bitches brad yes these sons of bitches have grabbed a woman by the hair oh man honestly this This woman deserves this woman deserves an oscar and i'll tell you what if there's ever arguments and there always should be the academy award should be recognizing stunt performers. Now, this woman, oh my God. I mentioned the foothold thing on the truck. Mm-hmm. They had her clinging to that and probably a safety harness that was run into the truck where the guy had his arm holding her around the waist. Yes. So the safety harness, this guy's arm, and her own muscles were the only thing holding her onto this truck while they're doing fucking jumps and crashes into other debris and yeah uh the car that chuck is driving slams into the back end of it like it's maybe like believe it a foot away from like it would have crushed her leg had something gone wrong there's okay so yeah as much shit as we're giving this movie this is an incredible stunt yeah it's fucking outstanding yeah this is one of those stunts that makes you go you know what fast and furious okay cute fuck off look at this this is just insane this is i mean this woman did this Over at least a half a mile of different type of obstacles. Because they are... City blocks. Yeah, they're not putting along. They are fucking hauling dick. Yeah, when they do that jump, that jump has got to be at at least 35, 45 miles an hour. Uh And she's clinging to the outside (laughs) of a truck. And then jumps from that truck to the moving vehicle that Chuck is driving. Into the, the back of the convertible. of the reporter who yeah, has no Chuck, idea what she's doing. Chuck just says, grab her. Yeah. Right? And the reporter's we, like, do what? Oh, oh my gosh. Well, we, we got into a whole thing about, all right, look at it from the She's completely unfazed. Look at it through the perspective of this reporter. She heard that there was a kerfuffle at the mall. Yeah. And being uh-huh. an investigative reporter. What's sho- going on at the mall? Shows up literally to work. Yeah. Where Chuck Norris absconds with her and her vehicle. Yeah. And then She's- asks, demands of her to catch a woman who is being dragged outside of a truck by yeah. a terrorist organization. Yeah. And, and she does it. She grabs the woman. They get her into the back of the back seat of the car safely, mm-hmm. right? Which, again, astonishing, great, great stunt, you know. And the reporter is unfazed. Like, this is part of her job, you know. Yeah. She's perfectly comfortable with yanking women off the sides <laughs> of trucks 
at you know speed done streets <laughs> so so after they get her in the car uh they start bumping vehicles a little bit more mm-hmm. and chuck norris throws a grenade into their truck he which, says i think you dropped this no, oh, no, that's the... That's oh, that's the, the timer. Yeah. Oh, right. No, he drops the grenade into their truck and they see it and careen out of control in mm-hmm. front of a Little League game and explode into a row of cars. Yes. Man, it fucking rules. So beautiful. So beautiful. <laughs> I mean, again, authentic explosion, real cars, real property damage. Yeah, it doesn't get better than that. No, that's that's the beauty of it, you know. And just, those are the things that I wanted to do out there, you know, yeah. with Nick and everything. Because man, there are so many stupid parts of this movie that you can call out and be like, "Oh, that's dumb, that's dumb." But man, this is when movies were fun. <laughs> I was not bored. After, exactly. After the last 20 minutes, I was not bored for a second of Exactly. This. <laughs> See, I think a lot of people who criticize story or plot holes or elements like this forget that the purpose of the movie is not to tell a rational story. No. <laughs> the purpose of the it's movie... Chuck Norris being a one-man army in, this, in an American city. The purpose city. is to give you some righteous kills... Some beautiful explosions, maybe some boobs, depending on what the actress is willing to do and what the story is. Oh, if right? it's a Chuck Norris movie, there will be boobs. <laughs> depending. I mean, we did see some in this one, too. God bless them. So, um... <laughs> Should we tell the missing in action tit story? <laughs> oh, well, feel free. Go ahead. <laughs> well, all right. To... <laughs> to make a short story long, Chuck Norris, <laughs> Chuck Norris sneaks out Actually of his hotel room, murders a man in his sleep, <laughs> and, to right. cover, and to cover up the international incident that he just started, he walks back into this hotel room, rips the woman's clothes off, and throws her in the bed yeah. to effectively... He sexually assaults this woman to cover Breaks up. Breaks into this woman's <laughs> hotel room through the balcony. She's like, oh, oh, you're back. Because he had exited through her balcony and she decided to change into a sexy lingerie on the in-between. So when he comes back, she's like, oh, you're back. And he doesn't say anything to her, jumps at her, and then they do this this cut. He literally rips her clothes off. Yes, exactly. And from the side boob, you can say that's not the same side boob as this main actress has. It's very clearly a curvature in shape that's different. Even the the nipple. I just hear Brad yell, that's not the same titty. (laughs) (laughs) We we tried to make it sound smarter than it was. But but to be fair, it was just a grown man shouting at another grown man. Hey, Hey, that's not the same titty. In a 1984 Chuck Norris uh, flip. If I learned anything from Playboy, it's how to def- how to I can identify spot a goddamn titty. How to identify? Yes. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. Uh, so Invasion USA didn't have any of those moments, though. Um, no, there were no sexual assaults. No, thank God. But the you know, 
um, women dancing in nightclubs, which is always the cheap and easy way for a movie to have nudity in it. It's yeah. just do a scene in a strip club, boom, done, out. You know, you can sell to international markets now. <laughs> yeah. So I really like also that not only have these terrorists attacked mm. all the other institutions of American values, then they attack a church. Oh, you know what? Actually, yes. I'm glad that you put it like that because I was thinking just now of the school bus, which happens after the church. Yes. And they are what you're talking to... about with structure is absolutely true. I didn't recognize it. Yes, they are trying to offend every moral American sensibility. <laughs> piece by piece, they get their own individual scene. Yes. Yeah, and first it's Christmas shopping mall. You mu Oh, no, first it's just in your own neighborhood. This could happen to you. Yeah. A truck pulls up and a guy with a Laws rocket that fires. <laughs> and before that, it was the couple fucking on the beach. And oh, well, that was that was the actual physical invasion landing. So And the, I, um, uh, the Cubans having the street party where the fake police show up. They are starting small and then slowly building righteous indignation toward these villains. Yes. Yeah. The structural the, is very smart, but yeah. I think the party was after the invasion, wasn't it? The what? The yeah, yeah, party yeah. That but I'm saying that they're building yeah. a slow progression. Well, all yes, and let's let's remember the one identifying characteristic in all of these events: they wear the same mirrored sunglasses. <laughs> oh yeah. You know the bad guys because they have mirrored sunglasses. Yeah, you clock that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, it was it's like the, nope. That's the bad guy. He's right there. Well, I <laughs> got, got sunglasses. I got fooled. You didn't. You called it with the um, with the, the cops police. who walked up on the car and shot everybody in the car. Yeah, all right, we're not doing the bit <laughs> that you did on the show. Absolutely not. <laughs> what, what the inner monologue? <laughs> no, that was well. Anyway, no. <laughs> so, um, so getting back to where we were then in the story. So, um, it's they've they, done the shopping mall. They attack the church, right? Yes. So now it's the church. Yes. There's and no big sermon or anything, but we still recognize it's it's an assault on our religious foundation, those bastards. And we are given one specific family to see this entire event through their lens. Mm. Because we're shown the family walking in and knocking on the door, walking into church. They're specifically shown singing the hymns. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we can identify with the children again and the, you know, the righteous commitment to yes, our but, ideology. But what that faith. also does is it draws the broad scope from the broad scope of oh, he's destroying an entire neighborhood mm. to now thematically they're making it a singular focus, which mm. is making it almost feel more personal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because Faith is considered to be a personal thing. Mm, mm -hmm. So they're using that to intensify these evil deeds of these terrorists. Yes. Who are <laughs> setting up a Looney Tunes style bomb <laughs> on the fucking church steps. Well, you know, I we think... clocked this immediately. They did a fucking Looney Tunes. <laughs> I think that's why I forgot about it until you brought it up because it was just so silly. It was like, wait a minute, you're not even... Okay, so they set the bomb on the door that's at the front of the church, 
everybody's singing, uh, so they're not noticing the sound of anybody doing anything yep. by the front door. And he is in broad daylight, suitcase open with what is clearly a bomb. Yeah, uh-huh. wires sticking out and yeah. everything. And then unspools, like we said, a fucking wily Coyote-esque. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's the it's the uh, plunger cable, uh, the charge for it to go off, the signal uh, wires. But even more so with that is the the rectangular bomb that they have. They set it on the first stair instead of next to the actual door that they're trying to blow open. Yeah. So the bomb is going to go off literally on the stairs below the door that they're trying to blast open. They're not. They, <laughs> the bomb isn't even placed right, and you're no. like. You're like, what? Now, hold on a second here. What What kind of terrorists are these guys? It doesn't you make know? a lick of sense. <laughs> None. None. You're sitting there and you're like, okay, hold on. What is... But, you know, then again, we're um, adult people watching the movie instead of, you know, some 12-year-old getting wrapped into right some sort of something. And then they get... Or the guy unspooling the wire gets back to his cohorts and uh-huh. flips on the device and presses the button and wouldn't you know it, nothing happens. It's not working. What? My God. How strange. What? And then rising like a phoenix. Dun, dun, dun. Chuck Norris. Backlit beautifully. Mm. He says, now it'll work. And yeah, I think that is the line connects the two little wires they even have a nice little bit right there so you know that the signal and they all go oh my god oh sorry we skipped the important part where after his beauty pose he drops the bomb down on them yeah he drops the suitcase on them yeah because somehow he has stealth out onto the field stealth up into the stairs up to the church door while they've been frolicking with their cables and all of that and they have never figured this out He's come back around, climbed up, climbed over the building behind, gotten looped around, done all of that in the time for them to gotten sit there. Gotten up to the roof. <laughs> yeah, so that he could so that he could position the backlight and make sure that he was silhouetted appropriately as he stepped forward into the street light and got his face glistening, to all drop, bronzed. To drop their own bomb on the, them, mm-hmm. say, it'll work now. Yeah. Which, okay, if that was supposed to blow up a church, that would have murdered him immediately because the structural integrity of that building would have been severely compromised, Uh, killing him immediately. The blast of how it takes out all of those guys. You think what you're talking about would have happened automatically and Chuck would have slid right down into all of that, being dropped from whatever little roof. He would got have been blasted out from under jelly him. mixed with rubble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know it's the '80s and that's Chuck Norris, so that didn't happen. Hell no, not even a consideration, man. Man. <laughs> okay, he, so he watches TV like a real man too. Oh uh, yeah, the way he sits in the hotel. It was almost like a Playgirl photo shoot, you know? Yeah, he's just sitting bare-chested with his, with his vest on still, well, you know, just glistening. What I loved, too, was he was watching Plan 9 from Outer Space, yeah. right? You know, so... <laughs> because there's no royalties for Plan 9, you, it's a... But you'd think some sort of manly man like that would be watching, you know, like... 
how to bridge build, over the river quad. <laughs> yeah, or how to build your cabin, you know, or it, you know that kind of thing. Or Something just hardcore pornography. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> or uh, guns. Just <laughs> yeah, a just show guns. that's just about guns, dismantling and putting <laughs> them back together, watching them fire. Do you remember that? Um, so, do you remember that video series with uh, chicks and guns? No. Oh, dude. It was so lovely. Simple idea. Just chicks in bikinis. Just with, uh, tits and guns. With contemporary automatic weapons. <laughs> so they'd be firing and shaking <laughs> while they're shooting at these targets. And you're kind of watching the action of the Is gun. Is this a fucking but... like, man show skit? No, it's not. It was, it was a series. They had like 20 or 30 of them. Different bikinis, different style, you know. All, of course, very patriotic <laughs> cool. in one way or another. Oh, dude, it was the best. You but, know. uh, yeah, so Chuck's watching Plan 9 from Outer Space, and wouldn't you know it, the feds burst in. And he, it, he doesn't move an inch. Like, his he's expression not surprised. doesn't change. Yeah, his expression doesn't, he doesn't even go, Arr. He's just, like, completely unimpressed that this pale spook with the big weird eyes has showed up again. No, it's the older gray-haired guy. This the guy is that we talked right. in the beginning was like, oh, it's that guy. He's in everything. <laughs> Couldn't tell you his name or what else he's been in, but... Oh, I fucking love that yeah, guy. He, so he barges into this room with, like, a full military escort. That's and his right. His first line is, I don't know who you are. No, or, he says, we got you. <laughs> yeah, we got you. I don't and know then who you says, are, yeah. <laughs> or who you think you are. Like, man, you just showed up to a specific hotel room to hunt down yeah. a specific man for a specific reason. Yeah, you know exactly who he is. What you, are you did not about? just do it yourself. You rousted an entire SWAT team, including guys, to rappel down the side of the building and crash through the window of the hotel room he is in. There was like forty. You dudes. know who this fucking guy is, right? <laughs> You know what he carries, you know what his cologne is, you know, all of that stuff. You wouldn't just... So, anyway, but that's why I love these these movies, because, you know, Chuck has to have this mystery. Like, you know, his patented black suit and black gloves, even though his face is entirely exposed and you can see who he is. <laughs> Cat burglar Norris. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And it's like... Who robbed the place? Well, I don't know. He was in an all-black suit, but he had a beard, and he was about 5'3", with hazel eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like that episode of The Simpsons where it was like the cat burglar that wore sneakers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, dude. You're like, it's okay. so good. Okay. All right. All right. So, all right. So, where were we? The church has happened. Uh, right after he gets arrested, he is... He gets arrested. He is being escorted to oh, jail with his conference. shirt. He's handcuffed somehow to two men with his hands pretty oh, freely no. available. Okay, this is what they did, which was incredible to see. It's so... Okay, it's probably the best sort of example of Hollywood vanity that you'll see with, like, uh, you know, the perp walk. Mm -hmm. Because what they did was he had chains that were on his ankles with the one that came up from his legs to his hips. Yeah, right? like shackles. Then he had the hip chain. So it wasn't a belt, right? Yeah. But he had a hip chain, and on either side of his hip was another shorter chain that went to handcuffs. So he could walk. With his hands freely... Yeah, swinging with his arms. A good five, six free 
five, six inches of free movement and more if he chose to use that martial arts ability of his, right? And he's just walking along in these in these little dainty chains with his chirp, shirt <laughs> open. Wide open, chest yeah. exposed. Gleaming, looking beautiful. People yes. are like, my God, what a gorgeous criminal. And he is... <laughs> very nicely stopped to flirt with the reporter. <laughs> he gets a full interview. What would you like to say to Rostov the bad guy? <laughs> and he just goes into his whole monologue. He's like, um, what does he say? Uh, like, I'm coming for you. That's the gist of it. It's your turn. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm going to jail. Do something to bust me out of here so we can keep fighting. Yeah. Like, I don't know what his plan and is to Rostov get out of jail. loses his goddamn mind. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> that he was taunted on television. Yeah, you can't even compare this to uh, Moby Dick because, you know... <laughs> Nobody has have... ever compared this to Moby Dick, Brad. Dude, I'm just talking about the what obsession... What the fuck are you talking the about? The obsession that Rostov has over Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is Rostov's Moby Dick, right? The great white whale, All the right. guy he's obsessed over, right? But Rostov right. is even worse than that, thank you. But Rostov is even worse than that because the second that Chuck says, it's your turn, even though he's arrested, he's in jail, he's stuck, he's trapped, he's fucked, and all Rostov has to do is maybe hire some goon in jail to just shank him in his sleep, right? That's all he's got to do. He loses his mind, trashes a hotel room like yeah, he's a rock he star. just wait for him to have a court date and shoot him in the head. Yeah, exactly. But instead... So many options, right? But instead, <laughs> they decide to haul ass into the police station, effectively breaking him out of jail. They do a full-on assault on the police station. Crazy. It's ridiculous. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, It's dude. so good. Yeah. Uh-huh. They come in just... Man. And then, uh... And then they go, wait a minute, it's a trap, right? This is the trap bit. Oh, yeah, that it's somewhere in there. I didn't take diligent notes. <laughs> I was too busy enjoying this masterpiece. So if I get it correctly, they, they uh, do the perp walk in those flimsy, gorgeous chains, right? <laughs> so that there can be the news announcement to uh, spur Rostov to get all his men together and do the police assault. When they get there, nobody is there, and they and Rostov goes, it's a trap, and they all start to try to escape, and then, oh, the U.S. military, all sorts of tanks and helicopters and all of this are outside the building, and now all the bad guys that Rostov was supposed to use for whatever this... Oh, we skipped the entire school bus scene. Oh, did we? Yeah, because... Uh, oh, my God. See, this is why I need plan. you here, Chris. This is why I need you here to keep track of these things. <laughs> because... I was ready to wrap up the whole damn movie. <laughs> because after he thwarts the villains at the church, all mm -hmm. the children are put on a bus inexplicably and separated from their parents... And well, takes now, off down the road, but the bad guys yeah. have strapped a bomb to a bus full of children. Again, attacking our very way of life. Yes, now our American they are foundation. attacking our children. Future. Our future. Yep. Exactly. Not today, bad guys, because no. Chuck's on the case. Yeah. 
somehow in his truck he knows which school bus where it is what highway exit um and he decides to pursue it after getting stuck in light very light traffic right now at this point the kids are on the bus if i remember correctly because it's gotten around that there's been a landing of terrorists and you know the houses have been shot up by the magic laws rocket yes and um leaflets have been dropped from the skies so the thought is we will save our future progeny by getting them out of town while uh chuck norris handles this terrorist incident yeah so they put them all on the bus yeah so they put them all on the bus and then um the terrorists are like oh children on a bus ha 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 fish in a barrel let's go get them Mm -hmm. and uh chuck i again no idea how he knows this no idea you know where he got the information to to chip in and (laughs) you know uh do his bit but he does and um the the bomb that the terrorists put on the side of the bus yeah on the side of the bus they attach it like a sticky bomb from saving private ryan yeah they just not under the bus not even like in the engine block nope yeah. right on the side yep right easy to see so chuck doesn't have to worry <laughs> about that nope there's just the timer which the timer was moving fast, wasn't it? Yeah, because it would it was set for like a hundred and eighty seconds, and it go yeah 180, 179, 178, 177, 176, 170. Like yeah, it, started it picked going up down speed. abnormally fast. Yeah, because when it got to like the 32nd mark, and he was moving, he had it, and now he was gonna go. Oh, toss there it. was less than thirty. It, I was, it was like thirteen seconds left. But it was it was moving faster than seconds actually move exactly you know so you're like wait a minute there's if 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 it's says 30 but it's moving that fast it's got to be more like 24 25 wait you know and then you get confused in the math and it blows up in your face right thank god chuck didn't worry about math he just had terrorists to kill (laughs) nope (laughs) through sheer tyranny of will he slows down time to catch up to these terrorists he happened to know exactly what car they were driving and which one which terrorist it was exactly pulls up alongside them and somehow out of his passenger side window yells to them i think you forgot this yeah Uh uh-huh Throws it in. Throws it in perfectly. No no trouble with like really edge of the window or really window. retreading the whole grenade thing from earlier. <laughs> but you know, to their credit, uh, I will. <laughs> to I their will, credit, it was bitching. <laughs> exactly. I am just about to say that um, it it's like a nice within their own movie topping their own stunts. Yeah. You know, saying, oh, you like that grenade one? Tell you, <laughs> you what. You thought that was some shit? Yeah. Let's you know what? You some Here's shit. Some, we're going to pay off this kid thing. <laughs> Don't worry about these kids. Remember that grenade? Been here, baboos! Ah, pretty lovely explosions and fire. And, you know, actual no CGI pyrotechnics. It's just beautiful. So the bad guys have holed themselves up in inside like an office building yes which they run into and shoot wildly at nothing oh man for about three or four minutes it's one of the most beautiful scenes i mean it's like 
while a bloodbath is taking place on the streets outside. Yeah. But the office building and the interior shots is eerily quiet. Hmm, strange. This is peculiar. <laughs> when there is a literal war zone mm -hmm. happening mm -hmm. 30 yards from them. Exactly. So, yes. But yes, they are kicking so, in doors, shooting up entire walls, entire office... Yeah. It's, see, that's why... That's, I mean... It's such a great it's scene nuts. because it's literally just, you know, um, we need to show rampant terrorism. We need to show how crazy these guys are so you get the idea of how dangerous they are. So we're going to have them walk through empty rooms and just shoot guns off wherever, anything, doesn't matter. Like absolute madmen. Yeah, exactly. So there's, there's, you have no targets. Just keep shooting. You know, it doesn't matter. Just, you no. know, make it look pretty, boys. That's all it is, yeah. you know. They're just out there. And, and I mean, it's literally dozens of guys who are, like, bunched together as they move through these rooms. It's not, like, you know, pretty clear, clear, clear. Like, they, no. no. They're kicking uh -uh. indoors and shooting up a room without yeah. paying attention to what is in them whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. It's so... It's, They're not checking behind desks. They just... There's no tactics. They just spray bullets at waist level and move on. You know, uh, I will say that it's another example, though, in the progression of movies in terms of how they predict violence because, you know, later on you really start seeing tactics in the necessity necessity of using you know different squads and things like that and covering each other simply because audiences were like you got 40 guys with guns <laughs> just stumbling over each other yeah you know they got tired of seeing yeah, that those guys sort of in thing. the back would have shot the other fucking 60 that, dudes in I front mean, of them yeah i wouldn't be surprised if some of them were like literally holding their guns up over the heads just so that they could get the flare on camera yeah you know Anyway. And that's one thing that we both just kind of marveled at, though, is in the climax of this film, it is a full-on war zone. Yeah. And in 1986, that's not CGI. That is happening. They, they literally closed down blocks on city streets, like, you know, intersections, not just one or two straight lines, straight blocks, you know. Uh, like an open airfield or something like that. No, those were those were city blocks, and they had barricades and tanks and <laughs> helicopters yeah. and all sorts of shit going off in there. Yeah, uh, like, was... like the part where the tank just rams a van for no good reason except for hey it man, looks so it was rad. Cool. <laughs> looks so cool. It just shredded that van, you know. And the beauty is, you know, they did it for real. There's there's no computer graphics there's no question about oh well you know uh -uh. So, so chuck norris pops into this uh office building with his twin mac 10s somehow magically appears again on the scene and able to get through all of the barricades no problem right where he needs to be man he just rampages these through these guys they are just bullet fodder for chuck norris and his dual mac Tens, which is one of the funniest images I've ever seen. It's oh. him firing wildly with a completely blank expression. Yeah, uh-huh. It's and fantastic. He's literally, he's literally just waving these things. Like, it's not even like a, like a Wingardium Leviosa. He's just like, wah! Yeah! yeah. Guns going off. Just you know? going fucking bananas. Just <laughs> emptying whatever's in the magazine. Down it goes. You know, it looks great on camera. 
and and all of the stunt guys are falling the way they should. So who cares? But my God, he's got to put his babies down hmm. because them Mac tens are out of bullets. Well, yeah, and you know. We know he's lethal with his hands. He's got his black gloves on, which are his work gloves. Yes. You know, so that becomes the question is... That's his commie whooping gloves. Yeah. So is that how Rostov is going to get it? A nice, good, old-fashioned yeah, American beatdown? Because I very incorrectly predicted. I was like, oh, he doesn't need guns to take Rostov the fuck out. Because he's got these guns right here, baby. <laughs> But, but then, no. he just, but then he just grabs an errant M16 that yeah. happens to have a grenade launcher, grenade launcher with grenades in it. Yeah, uh-huh. and wanders through one door, sees nothing, while never moving well, his eyes around the room once. <laughs> and allow me to uh, praise your observation that the gun, even though it is a single fire grenade launcher, he had multiple grenades available with that weapon to use when the time came because this is glorious Hollywood and somehow not only was the gun magically there but all of the ammunition he would need for the next three or four years because he gets into the first room nothing there so he approaches the second door Mm -hmm. he's got a bad feeling about that door Brad he's got a bad feeling about it meanwhile behind Two of those dirty commie bastards just waiting for him to burst through that door. Yeah, two commies who we recognize from before, so we know they're bad guys. These guys are definitely bad guys. So instead of continuing to hide behind the wall, they get out in front of the door. Yeah, they're ready to shoot at Chuck through the door. They're not even, they know he's on the other side, so they're not even going to open the door. And then somehow... Through what must Chuck be magic. literal divine intervention, <laughs> he somehow shoots two grenades into each side of the door. Yeah, yeah. This is the beauty. Not only is it a single shot grenade that somehow is able to, like, it's like the single round that fired out split perfectly to hit evenly on either side of the door. To have a perfect, identical, symmetrical blast pattern. Yes. So you had the door and then two open spaces, just the same size of the door. You couldn't have planned a better thing unless you were a a special effects expert. (laughs) Man, and it's wonderful because the way that he fires it, there is no conceivable way. Because he just swings it in a very broad sweeping motion. Well, after he shoots it... After he does that double shot, he basically just throws it down and keeps going. Yeah. Yeah, he just gets rid of his fucking weapon. It's like, well, well, wait a minute, man. That was a magical two two for one shot. Oh, but he's got that fucking knife in his back because one of the dudes isn't dead. Right. And gets up to shoot at him and without looking... He, yeah. he fucking backward throws. Jason Williams from the goddamn Sacramento <laughs> Kings just whips this knife into his chest. And yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, because the guy is on the ground on the floor. So, you know, he has to, he was face down on the floor. So he actually has to lean up his chest to make it open an available target. <laughs> For Chuck to hit this knife in his heart like a fucking missile. Yeah, Uh yeah, like a missile. 
fired by a goddamn an rocket, like a rocket of justice. Oh, God, Chuck Norris. Yes, oh. a dagger of justice to this terrorist criminal's heart who was laying on the floor, who had the gall to point a gun at Chuck again. Again. So. So, he goes down. He Boom. finds Rostov, and they uh, they engage in a fight. Oh, now, the they, they face <laughs> off, right? Where Rostov is like, kind of looks and he's like oh shit and brings up his hands like okay we're gonna do an actual physical one-on-one okay here we go yep and chuck stands with his arms at his sides <laughs> says nothing face never changes expression <laughs> nope and just whoops the shit out of it front kick front kick not only does he, he kick the kicks guy, he kicks him like six <laughs> times. He kicks him over cubicles, <laughs> kicks him over desks, through cubicle walls. Man, Rostov has no freaking chance. He literally gets kicked into unconsciousness and falls flat on his face on a desktop. Right? Yeah. Well, he gets kicked, yeah, onto a desk, which he falls off, and then Chuck kicks him through. Another or over another cubicle, uh-huh. he lands on the floor and stands up, and Chuck's gone. Right, which makes not a lick of fucking sense. Well, see, now I took it there that Rostov got kicked into unconsciousness and like was senseless for like you know thirty <laughs> seconds or so. So because he's like, man, oh my god! So he gets kicked really hard in the face multiple times. He gets times. hard enough. Yeah. Uh huh. That you'd think, okay, you know, uh, concussion, he would probably have had inflammation of the brainstem <laughs> from yeah. how hard his neck would have snapped back, is <laughs> swelling literally as he's trying to get his head together and wonder where Chuck is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Chuck, so Chuck disappears, and Rostov gets to his feet, and he starts looking around like, okay, where's Chuck? I'm gonna kill Chuck. You know, and and he gets a gun again. He gets the M16 with the I thought it was a shotgun mount, but it might have still been the uh, rocket launcher. It was probably the grenade launcher mount underneath the M16. Yeah, it looked very similar to the gun that Chuck had. So whatever it was, it was similar to what Chuck has, and he uses this. He starts... He starts doing my favorite thing, which is shooting up every fucking thing. Doesn't matter if there's anything in the room or not. Yep. You know, shooting at ghosts. Just wasting that ammo. (laughs) Somewhere Chuck's around and some bullet's going to find him. He's just got to keep throwing those bullets, you know. So I I forget how he loses that gun because that's not the gun that he has. Chuck takes it from him. Oh, does he? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I was very engrossed in this movie, but <laughs> parts of it just really washed over me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that when Chuck lurched out of the shadows on the roof? Yeah. Where did Chuck go? <laughs> yeah. He suddenly just magically appeared. He Chuck warps over <laughs> to, to... the roof. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. he's standing behind, like, the chimney, and he merges from the shadows. Yeah. Like and a goddamn like, vampire. You're like, wait, what? Huh? You know, and Rostov naturally is, like us, the audience, how the fuck did you do yeah, that? where the right? hell did you come from? <laughs> and so, then, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so he somehow gets the gun away from him, and then Rostov is just wandering around the halls again? Because he picks up the fucking rocket launcher. Well, I think that's what it is, is he strips the, he jumps from the roof, they uh, have a little squabble, he gets the gun away from Rostov, and he's like, he 
when he takes the gun away from him, that gives Rostov time to get a couple steps away. Because, I mean, Rostov picks up that like it was just, you know, yeah. waiting for him there. He yeah, literally, it was like a beacon. <laughs> yeah, he literally only goes like maybe four or five steps. And then he's like, oh, here's my precious, you know, magical rocket launcher. Yeah, and we should note that they're standing in a hallway at this point. In a hallway, <laughs> that's right. They're inside. When he picks up his magical rocket launcher to fire at Chuck Norris and blow both of them to kingdom come. Yep. So Chuck <laughs> Norris also emerges with a rocket launcher. He just walks into the hallway also holding a rocket launcher. That was the best. They have a rocket launcher duel. Yeah. See now, the best <laughs> My of it fucking is, God, man. Rostov pulls up a, a... This is what why the screenplay writing is so brilliant and I think you should respect it more, Chris. Is because screenplay credit by Chuck Norris, yes, by the way. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. And his brother Aaron was also a co producer on the movie. Yeah. So, you know, nepotism galore. God bless him. But here's why that is so brilliant Rostov magically finds his Magical Laws rocket, uh, rocket launcher. That had been established in the script. We knew immediately what that was when we saw it because oh, he yeah. had blown up the houses he's and everything with it. He's shot a lot of rockets at this movie. So, and he's shooting rockets he's done, in the flashback, too. He went, well, when he was using his magic rocket launcher, he was shooting at the very foundations of our United States citizens and culture and ideology, everything, right? Yeah. So, and we see him in his last it's, stand it's, with it's his like, most hated weapon and then here's Chuck Man, it's like he was just pissing directly into Ronald Reagan's face. That motherfucker. And here's Chuck to say, oh, no, you don't, because I have a Magical Laws rocket, too. You had no idea that I had it because I'm Chuck Norris. But right now... Guess what, motherfucker? And he's got the actual, you know, you have to uh, pull... Yeah, the, the clip extension and out. extend it out to activate the laws rock and he's got plenty of time to do this because he's doing it all in slow-mo while Rostov is just you know watching him stunned and because oh, Rostov has his back to him and he turns around to fire at Chuck to fire at Chuck and by the time they've locked eyes and had their last nonverbal communication of their love for each other <laughs> Chuck fires in a, in from an, the hip. In an almost Shakespearean tragedy. <laughs> Chuck kills his inner brother by firing from the hip his law's rocket from like six feet away. <laughs> and splattering Rostov into flaming oblivion. Blows out the wall of the apartment building. Blows out the window. Blows out all of these pieces and shards and fire. Yes, he has turned Rostov into a mist. Yeah, yes, uh-huh, yeah. Rostov, oh man, I'm trying to make a bad pun in my head. Rostov went blast off, blast off on Rostov, something. You could try it like a Jamaican. Oh accent. God, no, no. Blast off on Rostov. Blast off on Rostov. Oh man, we, we shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's not working at all. <laughs> yeah, that is a... But there's something there. Rostov gets blown up. He he blows Rostov into another dimension. Yeah. And the fucking credits roll. Yes. Oh. No conclusion. Nothing. Just. mm. A Golden Globus production, ladies and gentlemen. The Canon Group Golden Globus.
It is perfect. Yes. Uh huh. Bad guy's dead. And and you know another interesting. It was already established that he was the one who was holding it all together. We, well, yeah. Uh-huh. In the scene where the guy pretty much might as well have just sucked his dick. Well, they had already obliterated his entire army, remember? So that that aspect of it, there's no cleanup to do after. The cleanup is to kill the big bad boss, which is what Chuck was there for. And I also note with Invasion USA, unlike even Missing in Action, there's no hint of a girlfriend. There's no hint of a romantic interest uh, he, like you say, he flirts mildly with the reporter, but it's well, he never, flirts mildly with the but reporter, but it's never but, aggressive. And she, I mean, they don't take each other seriously. There's not even a, oh, hey, maybe I'll buy you a drink later sometime. They just, they just sort of make goofy, <laughs> nope. sort of. She throws a trash can lid at him. <laughs> yeah, that's what she ends up doing, <laughs> yelling at him, you know, all of that stuff. And it's fun and it's quirky and everything. So. So, at the end of Invasion USA, there's no damsel in distress to save. There's no, oh, I was so worried about you. He doesn't, he nope. doesn't go home to his family with Christmas presents and reunite with them and yep. have a happy ending, yeah, he's which not you retrieving. would have in a movie now. He's not retrieving his daughter. He doesn't go on to do anything else. No, because... Roll fucking credits. Done. All the hero does is kill the bad guy. That's all you need to know. Credits roll. Boom. Done. Bad guy's dead. Chuck wins. So, uh... Front kick to the face. He's going to be in front of a congressional hearing after this, like, almost immediately, right? Well, you know, uh, in what would be called the uh, real world, yeah. <laughs> we forgot Absolutely. To, okay, we forgot to mention that after he saves the kids on the school bus, he's walking through, it's a hard cut to a county fair. <laughs> That was the weirdest fucking thing. <laughs> that has been just absolutely decimated. Yeah. And the government yeah. man shows up and he says, you know, you know, it was real 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 good on you for saving those kids. Yeah. And, and Chuck gets real indignant and says, Well, what about these kids? Look at these kids. And, I couldn't save them. And hands the man from the government a, a, a pre prepared statement. Yeah. In request for what he would need as far yeah. as a f official military backup. <laughs> he straight tells the guy, this is a list of things that I need. It's going to be really hard for you to do, but you need to do it. You need yeah. to get it done. Because the right? guy from the government says something like, you know how much coordination this is going to take? This is impossible. I can't do this, Chuck. This is crazy. I, this is a, the resources. And think of the risk. Yes, that's it. Okay. Think of the risk. And then, oh, uh, you, you got to do it. Just, you, you have uh, to. Okay. He says, what does he say? Think the, of the stakes. Yeah. Oh. I made you do it. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Chuck, think of the risks. Oh, man. That think is just the a stakes. hot piping load of American patriotism right in your face holes. Dude, that, mm. that line ends any argument it ever. ends any argument ever why didn't you pay for the pizza why did you just run away think of the stakes think of the stakes the stakes we're really uh thinking of investing with your uh with your group uh we were just wondering you know what what are any risks that we should anticipate in the future think of the stakes 
What kind of fucking maniac talks? And they were like, interesting answer, interesting. Is he going to come back into the room, or is the conversation over? I think... Greg, I really think we should pursue other options. Uh, do you know what he meant by steaks? Uh, <laughs> did, 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 did he fart on his way out, or was that just his natural aroma? Was that... Was that what, what just happened here? <laughs> okay, my other, one of my other favorite parts in yeah. this film is the man who kills the two people with a gun with a silencer, but gunshots clearly ring out loudly. Yeah. He has the tactical, and that's yeah, the, the tactical thing, pistol that, with a scope and a silencer. Yeah, uh huh. So that suppressor. Okay, even though silencers in Hollywood movies don't really sound like that. I mean, yeah, they're they're suppressors, not silencers. So you know, you can still hear a certain amount, like that gunshot in or uh, shootout in the John Wick movie when. Uh, they both have silencers and they're shooting oh, at man. each other while the crowd is walking through oh, and everything. We should do a John Wick, dude. Visually, <laughs> it's beautiful, but in actuality, it wouldn't it wouldn't no, work not like at that all. at all. So this guy, I mean, there's not even the hint of a suppression though. It's like pow, pow, right? Yeah. When he blasts those two fucking on the beach watching Phyllis Diller on a portable TV. Oh, man, and that was a shame. America! They were a cute, young couple, their whole future right in... Young Americans! Mm. With their future right in front of them, right? And this... And a damn commie terrorist just blows them away with a... Passionate... Malfunctioning silencer. A passionate embrace on the beach... Yes, and mm. she was in a cute bikini, and we didn't have a chance to see her naked because they killed her beforehand. <laughs> yep. So these producers we, really don't know what they're doing when they're making movies. It's all about the explosions we, with this movie. We really missed out on watching that girl get raw-dogged <laughs> on a blanket at the beach. I'm just saying, opportunities for international distribution. <laughs> That's all, you know. <laughs> Fucking... Do you have anything else to say about Invasion USA besides watch it immediately? Uh, it's too bad there wasn't a sequel. <laughs> yeah, I could have. But, re- but I could there really is use Delta it. Force. Yeah, so I think that's next. And there are three missing in action movies. Oh, oh man! I mean, could you ask for more? It's it's it, it just keeps on giving, dude. So, man. <laughs> Chuck Norris has become like my f- new favorite like subcategory <laughs> of film. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I I liked Chuck, but I liked him more in the early days with the Code of Silence and um, you know those bad guys wear black shit like that. Yeah, good guys wear black. Good guys wear black. Yeah, but it's Whatever. I mean, yeah, no, bad guys wear the black is the line from a Pantera song. Oh, okay. Well, that's I mean, Cowboys from Hell to be specific. Well, that song is direct. Response to the title of that Chuck Norris movie. Yes. That's what that is. I mean, I do believe that any film made past, let's say, 1990 was probably directly influenced by Chuck Norris. Or one of them. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we would not have The English Patient or Shock a Lot or The Mask (laughs) without this. Just 
blazing star in the night sky to bring us home. Well, yeah, absolutely. That well, didn't make any goddamn sense, but... Well, it made some, some slight sense. Let me put it this way. Chuck Norris is enough of an icon that when the internet was coming up with funny things and lists and things like that, the lists of all of Chuck Norris's superpowers <laughs> just went into the thousands. <laughs> I mean, the guy is, is a legend, and he stays an internet legend, and you don't do that without actually, you know living a pretty uh, ridiculous life, which this guy did, you yeah. know? So, uh, so even though his movies are fucking batshit crazy, <laughs> they still have the explosions and the good times I grew up with, so I fucking love them, Hell you know? yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, thank you, Chris, for making this possible. Thanks for, uh, you know, uh, springing for the theatrical environment <laughs> that we camped out in and the uh, our luxurious massive amounts of technical <laughs> difficulties uh, it took us like four hours to watch this movie no 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 that was because we were uh enjoying our luxurious uh seats and bounty of feasts. snacks yes uh-huh yes it had we just ate to like do with the technical pigs. difficulties <laughs> yes we were troughs like pigs yes uh-huh anyway it was, it was wonderful real dude. gross <laughs> It was wonderful, and I thank you. Brad, what have you got to plug before we get out of here? Oh, um, <clears throat> let's see now. Uh, I actually, well, I'm kind of uh, revamping the uh, Mountain Fire Media site. There's still uh, the Vice vs. Vampires radio play. I'm going to be releasing my own little calendars, not to compete with your hot chicks calendar oh, that's coming out soon. Oh, we haven't announced any of that. I know I nothing. I will forget all of that out yeah. until it's actually done. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I basically am uh, looking at new ways to advertise and promote, and uh, I have a couple of um, video projects. The, the one that I think is going to be most fun is called um, Before Movies Sucked. And it's just yeah. uh, conversations about movies from like the 70s, 80s, and 90s, where much like we were uh, praising all of the practical effects, that's an example of uh, one thing that's missing in current movies that miss and make them suck. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about that project. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. So, the first episode for that should be out um, Monday or next week sometime and uh, soon. And, uh, you know, uh, also podcast stuff. Um, just look up Mountain Fire Media and you'll find me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you, Chris? What do you got? Uh, you can find us at the social medias. Just look for Horror Vomit. We're around. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email to horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. Sweet. Uh, go, actually do go check out our Facebook group. We have started a GoFundMe called The Devil Saves Christmas, where we are trying to raise $666 for local families that need assistance for the holidays because... Hail Christmas. Shit still kind of sucks. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, we have a we we're not wealthy. We know a few people who really could use the help. So, uh, you can find information about that there. Uh, I think that's about it. I believe. 
Well then, once again, thank you very much for having me. Everybody's got to believe in something. (laughs) I believe I'll have... Sorry, I was doing some fear. Oh, okay. Leaving. Leave. He was the Mr. Body from uh, Clue. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was the millionaire that got killed in Clue. Oh, dig it. Okay. Yeah, he was the singer for the punk band Fear. Well, you mean Tim Curry? No. Who is the body in Clue? The guy who gets killed at the beginning, who the whole mystery is about. Yeah, yeah. What's his name again? Lee Ving. Seriously. Yeah, that's a... (laughs) Yeah. Lee Ving. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note So, so yeah, go listen to Fear. (laughs) Fear's pretty great. And watch Clue, because Tim Curry... mm, Yes. Yes. Uh huh. All right. We, we are really running. All right. Okay. Um, Hugs, kisses, love you bye, all. Bye, everybody. Thanks bye. for listening to Thank you. the very first episode of HPV. HPV. We need a tagline after that. We'll figure that out. Uh, bye. Uh, <laughs> we'll wreck your vagina and with sex cancer. Let's do another playoff HPV. Sex cancer. Well, no. Like, uh, uh, um, we'll talk about this in a minute. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Okay, someone, bye. bye.